TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome in, Michael and Travis with you. We're at Venture Cafe. The Thursday round of serendipitous collisions has begun in St. Louis. We're going to get caught up, Travis, on what Capital Innovators is up to. They just uh, seated and announced a new cohort. I think uh, it's probably 14 now. They're, they're doing a lot. They are a local accelerator for companies, not just tech companies, mind you, but for all of our listeners, if you have an idea and a company that, wants, that you want to grow to that next level, check out Capital Innovators. You'll hear from Brian Dixon uh, from that program, as well as one of their startups. Yeah, we'll get the scoop on the latest and greatest uh, companies that they have identified. And then it's your chance to learn about the latest medical research and maybe even provide some help to those researchers uh, coming up next Thursday. Yeah, so what I really like about some of the things that happen at Venture Cafe, especially as it relates to medicine, is we take all these really lofty topics that I think are usually discussed at the Petri dish level come down to the human level. And so if you have an interest or if you want to know more about what's going on as it relates to medicine that applies to you, as most medicine does, uh, not only will we have some discussions next week at Venture Cafe, but we're going to actually talk to one of the organizers of that event and learn more about what the various universities and research institutions are doing to improve the quality of life. And then you may have heard this story on Total Information AM this week. You'll hear the whole interview on the show today with the uh, Dr. Silva's husband and wife team who have, uh, it's a cool story about how they came up with a way to uh, provide holograms of the heart as the surgeon is performing surgery on the heart. Perfect for Valentine's Day week. It's wonderful. Yeah. And uh, some big news that we can talk about here for just a second. Varsity Tutors of St. Louis. I don't know if we can call them a startup anymore. They continue to grow. 500 employees I read in this story. $50 million Series C round from Learn Capital is one of the California VC firms, but also the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative sees a real value in this to transform learning in this country. When we look at, we were just talking about medicine earlier, but when we look at areas that really are in need of innovation, we could all probably agree that our educational system needs to be done differently. So congratulations to Varsity Tutors and what they're actually able to accomplish. Yeah, when this news broke, we spoke with founder and CEO Chuck Cohn, who described what the company does and also described how they're, they're wanting to take this platform to the next level. Here's what their plans are with this new $50 million investment. So students can click a button and go from click to live session with an instructor in any of 150 different subjects in about 15 seconds on average. And so one of our goals is to improve the instant liquidity in those 150 subjects and expand it to more. We'd like to take the platform that we've built within the United States for one-on-one tutoring and extend it to international markets and then categories outside of tutoring, like music lessons, technical training, and other forms of expertise transfer. All right, so that's Chuck Cohn, and coming up next, we're going to get into the Venture Cafe goodness here, Travis. Let's start uh, walking around and have some of those uh, serendipitous collisions occur. We'll be right back on KMOX. Now, 
Back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. And we're here with Christina Gurnett, Dr. Gurnett from the Department of Neurology at WashU School of Medicine. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, you have, a, you have some initials on your uh, sticker that's on your, on your chest. It says ICTS. Can you tell our listeners what that is? Right. The Institute of Clinical and Translational Sciences is an NIH-funded program that's housed out of Washington University in addition to tw- uh, 56 other centers around the country. And our mission really is to move uh, new discoveries from the, from the laboratory into clinical practice so that we can improve health care for all, the, the entire population. What are some of those new breakthroughs that are making their way through right now? So we've, we focus a lot on um, making the process easier, so improving the streamline of uh, the approval of drugs for clinical trials. Um, we also do a lot of training of the next generation of scientists, and we also have a big tr- uh, genomics component, which fits well with what's already going on at Washington University in the McDonald Genome Institute. When you think of uh, these these researchers, you know, head down, working really hard uh, to you know come up with a discovery that can improve the quality of life for folks, uh, how often is it they're also thinking about the commercial application, you know, the practical application of what they're working on? Right. So I work a lot with the graduate students, so it definitely seems like our the younger uh, the younger folks are really into it. They take the effort, I think, to walk down the three or four blocks from Washington University to get down to the Cortex Innovation Center. Um, and we're really encouraging that as part of our sponsorship of the Venture Cafe for this month. Uh, because we have a lot of ideas. We have great, amazing things that are going on at Washington University, but we're a bit siloed. Mm. Um, and getting people out of their scientific mind and starting to interact with the community is definitely one of the goals of the ICTS. So uh, beer and pizza help that, help get people out and about. Uh, and you said you, you are seeing students that are coming down and getting engaged, uh, what are they taking back? If they spend time down in Cortex or they spend time off, off campus, how does that impact what they do on campus? Right. So we're, we're working on a number of initiatives because we, we understand that people here know how to pitch their ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and communicating science is not something that we train a lot with. Huh. But if we can teach people how to get the, you know, the, innovati- the innovation um, in a way that people will understand what they're doing and, and want to take it to the next level. Um, but obviously there's a lot of information here that we really need to tap into the expertise of the community and um, move some of these projects forward where now they're really still stuck in the lab. What about... Um- uh, some of the other, you mentioned the human genome, but what is what disciplines, I guess, does St. Louis really uh, stand out in? Are we viewed as national leaders in? Right. So we're really working on, you know, precision medicine, which is taking information about individual patients, and a lot of that's genetic information, um, and targeting specific treatments. So there was recently a, a trial on blood thinners that really looked at pharmacogenomics, which is the different genetic markers that make you more susceptible to side effects from a drug. And using that kind of information, we can re- reduce side effects of bleeding in patients who are on blood thinners. Um, and that's just one example of many of the things that we're doing by using the genetic tools and taking it back to the clinic. So many stories about, from here, this building, about how A.B. Mori, the yeast maker, their workers can find common ground, learn things from the Boeing Ventures people across the hall who are decidedly not baking in their space. And so talk a little bit more about the serendipitous collisions, registered trademark, Travis Sheridan, (laughs) that can happen when, you know, folks who are not in the medical field 
still come to this event at Venture Cafe and they still hear about this and even those kinds of exchanges. Right. So just today we had presentations on using mobile technologies and healthcare. And so a lot of us are very interested in using that, but we don't know how to use the IT. What are the um, uh, the IP, you know, the intellectual property rules? So mm-hmm. those are just things that scientists and clinicians don't think about often, but a lot of expertise uh, in the re- you know in the region to tap into. So next week, uh, next Thursday, I believe it's the twenty second. Uh, your organization, along with Venture Cafe, are bringing quite a few folks together. Can you talk a little bit about that and what people might be able to expect? Right. So we're bringing uh, the Scandalera Center at Washington University has some kind of business applications and new um, new tools to that we're bringing um, here for people to learn about. Uh, the ICTS will have some genomic technology, so we'll have some fish that have been genome engineered to have scoliosis and other defects. So just giving you an idea of what kind of technology can do still in the science realm. Um, we're giving, uh, we have sessions up both on the science of precision medicine, so we have some speakers from the G- McDonald Genome Institute and the Cancer Center, um, and also uh, some talks on the business of uh, precision medicine. Have you experienced, how many times have you experienced Venture Cafe before? So, uh, I guess reading off my, yeah, so four times, and every time, uh, you know, I'm feeling more comfortable talking with lots of people that have um, new ideas, and so we're really excited to bring communities together that haven't often been at the same table. You know, last week I didn't check in. So I didn't add to my number, and right now I don't have a name tag on. I need to get with the Venture Cafe program. I'm going to have to call security. I I I just don't get credit for the number of visits, right? You don't. I'm sorry. You know, it's data, and data are data. We we can't count it if it doesn't happen. For those who don't know, everybody who you check into Venture Cafe, you get a name tag, and Travis says Travis Sheridan, 155, which is? 155 times I've been here or another Venture Cafe. Uh, So, yeah, it happens every single week and next week on uh, February 22nd is when uh, ICTS uh, out of Washington University. You said St. Louis University is also a partner in this? And the University of Missouri and St. Louis College of Pharmacy. We're really quite a broad group. Well, those collaborations are so important and and really if we are going to either fix the world or improve the human condition, those types of collaborations have to continue. So thanks so much for participating in all of this this shenanigans we do at Venture Cafe. I don't know if scientists use the word shenanigans too often, but maybe we'll see more of it happening. Thank you. Excited to be here. Dr. Christina Gurnett, thank you for joining us. And coming up, we're going to venture to the other side of Venture Cafe and get the scoop on tonight's Capital Innovators finalists. We'll be back right after this. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Welcome back. Michael Calhoun, Travis Sheridan here at Venture Cafe on location this week. You just bump into innovators like left and right. You walk around, it's like, oh my gosh, you're doing cool stuff and you're doing cool stuff. And we're going to keep talking to more people doing cool stuff. How about Capital Innovators? They do cool stuff. Definitely. Brian Dixon, COO, Capital Innovators here with us. And? And we have Jean Schultes. She was the founder of Kind, which is a soap company. And a very funny story. When I was in sixth grade, I had a crush on my teacher. She called me outside. She was going to profess her love to me. She said I was the stinky kid in class. That was not very kind, Jean. Uh, So tell us about, before we jump over to Brian, 
for our young, stinky sixth graders and maybe everybody else in the world. Tell us about Kind, the soap company you started. Well, I, uh, I empathize with her because I have stinky children of my own. Uh, I have uh, four children. They're actually teenagers and they all stink. Okay. So um, even though I own a soap company, they still stink. Yeah. So um, especially like after football practice and stuff like that. But the reason why I started Kind Soap Company is because my son, when he was four, he's 15 now, he developed eczema really bad. And everything on the market that we would try to find soap-wise or bath-wise, shampoo, would irritate his eczema really bad. So really going down to this rabbit hole of looking at ingredients and other products, found out that really there wasn't anything on the market that was, was not going to irritate him. And so I looked into started uh, look into the process of starting to create my own products, and it snowballed from there. And I decided to create a brand around these products, and it's been seven years later. I'm, you know, we have a hundred different SKUs. We have a brick and mortar store in Webster Groves. We sell to companies like Whole Foods and Lucky's Markets. And we also have an online store, KindSoap.com, and we're growing, but we really are looking to capital innovators to help us really scale the business and production and the direction and everything. Mm -hmm. And so far, it's been great. Wow. So did you have any experience with starting a company and then also the making of the soap? Did you had had any experience with crafting anything like that? I had zero experience with uh, both of those things. I have never taken a business class in my life. I'm a graphic designer by trade. I spent most of my career before this as a creative director um, in specializing in package design and uh, brand identity. Um, and so whenever I really started looking at soap, I just, you know, it was really before YouTube was big. And so these days I would be on YouTube 24 hours a day just watching tutorials. But then I was just got on Amazon and ordered like 20 books on soap making and lotion making and all that and ingredients. And I enrolled in classes online to learn how to use essential oils and get my certificate in aromatherapy and just did the whole education thing of um, just learning how to do it. And, you know, after a while, you have some successes and you start rolling with it. So, break, like, breaking into the soap business can't be easy. I mean, it's a, for, you know, I go, I buy by price, I buy by whatever ad I saw on TV. Like, how do you capture the hearts and minds? Now, thankfully, you said you were a creative director, so you kind of know about capturing hearts and minds. How did you cut through the, the literal clutter out there so that your brand stood above everybody else's? Well, I, I considered myself my own ideal consumer. Um, I, I only like, uh, I, I always had sensitive skin, and then my son inherited that, unfortunately. So I've always been very cognizant of what, you know, soaps out there were actually going to hurt, and which ones would help. And so I set out to make the best product, like, that I would want to use. And so I did not stop until I had the best formulations. And just, I think, with, like, promoting the idea of the company of being kind to your skin and then kind to the earth by by really all of the packaging materials and processes. I wanted to be as eco-friendly as possible, not to add to the burden of trash and, you know, unbiodegradable products. And then kind to to others, I wanted to also give back with each purchase. Um, Ten cents goes to Autism Speaks, and we use uh, disabled people um, at a shelter workshop to wrap all of our products. So I just want to create a company that would be you know that would just make you feel good by buying the products but also be the best products you've ever used so that's how we kind of stood out in the crowd wow so kind what other companies has capital innovators identified here brian 
So in addition to Kind Soap Company, which I can vouch for Gene and Kind, I've actually used the products and they are by far the best lotions and products I've ever used in my whole life. Uh, but in addition... I really want to know what you use in your hair, but I know that that's like Brian Dixon's secret. Uh, it's, a, it's a fine mixture of lemon and lime keels that I put in there every <laughs> single morning and massage for two to three hours. <laughs> but in addition to Kind Soap, we have actually the most geographically diverse group of companies we've ever had. So we have uh, two companies from St. Louis, a couple companies from outside the state, a company from Singapore, and another company from Mexico City. And so we have companies that are in the travel space around experiential travel. We have a uh, company that's building Alexa skills for the voice market. We have another company that is building and managing virtual teams. So with the vision of thinking that in the future there could be a lot of companies that are completely virtual, they basically hire freelancers that are certified by them, and then they have project managers that will manage those projects all the way to completion for larger clients. Um, in addition to that, we have a company that helps users make more informed fantasy and esports gaming decisions based on data and analytics that they collect from different marketplaces and a better user experience for the end customer. Uh, and who am I leaving out? Oh yeah, Vision Interchange. Sorry, Vision Interchange is another company that we have, and that is a company where individuals can swap glasses or sunglasses. So think of eBay, consumers can purchase something from another individual. With Vision Interchange, you can actually go on and you can take sunglasses or eyeglasses and find another pair that you like, and you pay $39 and you can swap those frames. So instead of going out every couple years and buying a new pair of a couple hundred dollar frames, you take those frames and you swap them. They retain the value, you get consumers that are happy because they're not having to go spend an arm and a leg for a new pair of glasses. How do you like your glasses, Travis? I like my glasses, but if I don't like them, I know what to do now. Uh, Brian, what uh, what class number is this? How many cohorts have gone through Capital Innovators so far? Uh, I think we believe we're going into our 14th cohort now. So uh, we started in 2010, began running programs in 2011. This makes our 92nd investment. Uh, about 85% of our companies are still operating, helped them raise over $300 million in follow-on funding, created over 800 jobs, and 90% of those jobs have stayed right here in St. Louis. What do the companies who are in a Capital Innovators cohort, what are the what is the investment and what are the other benefits? And because it is not just getting a check, it is getting uh, mentorship and other kinds of help. So when you get accepted into Capital Innovators, you receive uh, $50,000 in investment. Each company gets access to a little over a million dollars worth of perks and benefits through partnerships that we have. So that could be things like 100K in Amazon web hosting credits or marketing partnerships or free legal services or accounting services, different things like that that the portfolio companies can leverage through the accelerator program that allows them to spend their investment dollars wiser within the business. They also get office space. We operate on a CIC at 4240. In addition to that, we run them through an extremely structured 12-week program with a combination of lead mentors and subject matter experts. They're providing a tremendous amount of time and expertise to really help scale these companies quickly. So, uh, Gene, I'm going to jump back over to you. You're saying now's the time to scale. What are your hopes and dreams as being part of this Capital Innovators cohort? And is it weird to have a physical product when everybody else is dealing with ones and zeros in some sort of cyber world? Uh, yes, it is weird uh, because they're all talking about things I don't understand. And uh, but it's it's good because it's been a learning experience for me. In the when you boil it down, business is business, and so we're all learning from each other and helping each other out as well. Um, and you know, scaling is is a scary thing because you you kind of only get one chance to do it right. And so you really want to have that mentorship and the people that have expertise in different areas to help you make those decisions. And the end goal for us is to be um, to become the, the dove of a new generation. And so we're a, you know, we want to be a household name. And when I say dove, I just mean the, the, the knowledge of 
brand awareness of Dove, but Kind would be a, a kinder product as far as like how, you know, that people are more aware now of, of the ingredients that go into products. Dove is, is not an all-natural product. It has some issues with... Um, you know your your skin feeling dry and and so we want kind to kind of be the new um, sort of household name in bath and body care and um, really world domination. What's the future of where I'm going to be able to find or the likely customer is going to get your product? Is it going to be direct from you? Is it going to be physically going into a Whole Foods or a Schnucks? Or is it going to be one of these you know Target restock boxes, those kinds of things where I get a subscription to your soap? Um, probably uh, a lot of uh, all of the above, possibly. Um, we have a retail store right now, but what we're really focusing on through this 12-week program is, is e-commerce um, and really bringing um, n- more awareness nationwide and so that people can order directly from us on our website, but also like you know expanding our um, involvement with Whole Foods so that we're nationwide with Whole Foods or we're nationwide with other um, chain-type grocery stores that are in the natural marketplace. But really being kind of available to everyone everywhere to be very accessible and to be sort of um, wherever you go, there we are. So uh, Kind has, like, it feels really good. Like, I feel like if I'm soaping up with Kind, I'm going to, like, start my day in the right direction. And uh, we can all use a little bit more kindness in this world. Uh, Brian, let's talk a little bit about the Amron program that you've been working with. Amron, uh, the accelerator that's looking at, you know, I, I mentioned kindness because are there ways that there are startups that are creating a more sustainable and e- environmentally friendly world? What Tell us about the, the that accelerator program. Absolutely. So our Amron accelerator program is a program where we're partnered with Amron, the utility, the University of Missouri System, UMSL Accelerate, and Capital Innovators. And that is another 12-week accelerator program for energy technology startups. And so currently, we actually have applications open for that program that will be starting in the summer of 2018, and those applications close on March 9th. So we're asking companies from around the world that are interested in working directly with Amron, directly with the UM system, directly with UMSL Accelerate and Capital Innovators to help scale their energy technology business. Please go to AmronAccelerator.com to learn about that and apply. This gives companies an opportunity to work directly with Amron and the liaison that they provide and really get a utilities perspective. We had year one of the program last year. It was a huge success. We're super excited about year two and we're looking from companies across the spectrum all the way on the hardware side to companies on the software side as well. Yeah, for the Ameren Accelerator, what kind of technology would Ameren be looking for and for the average ratepayer, is that you know getting their power back on after a snowstorm faster because the grid's smarter? Is it being able to pay their bill better because Ameren found an e-commerce startup with a better interface or what is Ameren hoping to get out of this? Yep, it's all the above. I mean, we've got companies we've invested in that are doing blockchain peer-to-peer energy transfer, so testing solutions where consumers in the future can potentially purchase energy at a lower rate between homes that are connected to them. Uh, in addition to that, we've invested in a rebate company so that uh, different companies in the energy marketplace can get rebates more efficiently through e-commerce platforms. So what they're really looking for is ways that they can better make the grid more resilient, improve their infrastructure, enhance their customer experience, and at the end of the day, they want to save money for Ameren's customers. That's what the ultimate goal is. They want to create a better utility for Missouri and Illinois so they can really enhance that experience into the future. So, uh, Brian, I would imagine you you work with your portfolio of clients. They have to continue to innovate so they can be relevant. Uh, You work with these large uh, utilities like Ameren that has to continue to uh, innovate to be relevant. What is capital? 
capital innovators have to do to continue to innovate to be relevant? Because these accelerator programs are popping up everywhere. I mean, you guys have great track record, but what are some things that you put into practice that, that allows you to know this next cohort's gonna be even stronger than the one before? I think one of the things that we really work hard on is selecting a smaller amount of companies that a lot of other accelerator programs do. It's a big differentiator for us. So on average, we're selecting five to seven companies per program, whereas other accelerators will select 10, 15, 20 or more accelerators. They may throw them in a room, give them some pizza and Red Bull and say, code your product. What we do is we truly value the relationship that we have with our founders and how we work incredibly hands-on with each of them on a weekly basis to make sure they're scaling their business. Um, in addition to that, Capital Innovators is looking to innovate by diversifying through industries and accelerator programs. I would encourage anybody in the corporate space that wants to run a corporate accelerator program to reach out to Capital Innovators so we can explore how we can outsource your innovation to really leverage the power of startups, how quick and nimble they are, how innovative they are, to create new innovations for these organizations internally. And so we're really going to be building out our corporate portfolio of accelerator programs as well. You have these international startups that are interested and the ones who, who make it to the cohort, cohort too. How do they find out about what you're doing and what do they think of St. Louis when they first you know, get involved in the process? And then once they get here, they get the investment and they go through the program. You know, how do they feel about St. Louis and the ecosystem here at the end? Of course. So we have a comprehensive marketing strategy that we use to really recruit companies from around the world. And actual Capital Innovators brand has been expanding daily on a global basis. In our last uh, application cohort round, we got 470 companies from 56 countries and 35 states. So that's a tremendous amount of startups that want to come from around the world to St. Louis to grow their business. And so as that continues to happen, there's that network effect. Oh, did you hear about Capital Innovators? Have you heard about what they've done? Have you heard about their track record with 85% of their companies operating? Have you heard about how much follow-on funding they've helped them with? And I think we're super proud of the success that we've had, and it allows us to really capture startups from around the world and bring them to St. Louis. And so they know about the program coming into it, but once they come here and they really start receiving the value within the mentorship and all the perks and benefits, and the St. Louis community is huge. I hear time and time again when companies come from out of the state or out of the country and they come to St. Louis, 90% of our companies have stayed in our portfolio, have stayed in St. Louis. And so that's a tremendous amount of companies that love the St. Louis community and love the expertise and the mentorship and all the time that they put in helping each other, and that's the reason they want to stay. Brian, what's the website for more information for future cohorts or to look at the current list? Absolutely. So if you go to CapitalInnovators.com, you can check it out. In addition to that, if you have an Alexa device, please download the Capital Innovators skill, and you can ask about the new spring program, ask about Capital Innovators, ask about the Amarin Accelerator, and it's full of information that you can connect with. Is that your voice that comes on and explains it all? Not yet. It's Alexa as of now, but maybe in the future. Like those Super Bowl commercials. And where in Webster Groves do we go to get Kind Soap and other products, and where on the internet, too? We are in downtown Webster Groves, so right on Lockwood Avenue. Our address is 20 Island Avenue. Um, and we uh, also are online at kindsoap.com. So if you're in the area, definitely stop by. It's an experience to be in the store, um, and we will take care of you. Or you, if you're not in the area, order online, and we'll take care of you that way too. Or a Whole Foods. Or yes, you could go by Whole Foods or Lucky's Market or lots of other places. Well, the reach of uh, the Mighty Mox, the Mighty KMOX, will go everywhere. And so hopefully there will be some uh, orders coming in from as far south as Juniper, Florida. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, Brian, congratulations to you and the entire Capital Innovators team for not only getting another cohort, but continuing the success. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And we'll be back with a Valentine's Day story that involves heart surgery and holograms after this on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now. 
Back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Husband and wife, Dr. Jonathan Silva and Dr. Jennifer Silva, both work at Washington University and both for startup Senti AR. Their technology lets surgeons pull up real-time holographic images of the patient's heart in the middle of the procedure. I understand that uh, you guys have a pretty cool story about how you came up with the cardiac hologram technology. Can you explain that for me? Sure. So I was invited to Microsoft to a faculty summit, and they announced this new technology where you could put 3D digital images in your regular real-world space. And they showed a heart kind of beating. I thought it would be really cool if you could see the tools when you're doing a heart surgery, if you could see the tools inside of that heart. Um, So I called Jennifer, and I I asked her, because she does these procedures on children, and I called her and I said, what do you think about that idea? And it's one of the first ideas where she's thought that that's actually been a good idea. She says, well, that's okay. But this time she said, uh, that would be really cool. And that kind of started a snowball where we just kind of started plugging away at it. People got more and more excited about it. Yeah, so Dr. Jennifer, how did you look at this as, as something that could be useful in a practical sense? Well, it seemed to me that this was a technology that was on the cusp of changing the way we practice medicine. And specifically, the, what, what I deal with are children who have abnormal heart rhythms. And one of the ways we take care of kids who have abnormal heart rhythms is through these minimally invasive procedures where we use these tiny catheters and thread them through the vessels and display that on screens. And so we've got to mentally recreate this 3D geometry of kids' hearts. And that's kind of hard to do. And this was a way to sort of really um, uh, to, 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 to show us exactly what we were doing inside the heart and give us a, a really um, a very tangible three-dimensional image of what we were doing in a way we'd never really seen before. So describe what this, uh, when, when it's in practice, is it on a, on a screen or how, how, how does it work and, and what's the experience when somebody's using it? So, the exper- so what, you, what we have the users do is wear a headset and the headset that we're working with is the Microsoft HoloLens. And so the operator, the person performing the procedure, wears the headset and then what they can do is during the procedure, they can place the patient's like a, you could think of it as a hologram of the patient's heart right over the patient, and then they can look at that, and in that hologram, they can see where their catheters are. And so they can use that to figure out where they're, how they're moving around the heart and to really intricately understand the patient's anatomy and their heart rhythm abnormality to try to figure out what's normal and abnormal and then target to get rid of the abnormal tissue. So they're not actually, are they conducting the surgery as they're watching the hologram? Or is it kind of, I'm going to explore, you know, and get into detail with the hologram before I yeah. dive in there actually to do the surgery? So the, the patients that we've done so far, we've not done it in real time yet. We're going to be doing those real-time uh, procedures this summer here in St. Louis at WashU. Um, but the patients that we've done so far have been in what we've called an engineering study which means that we had a second whole, set, a second whole team 
watching the procedure through the hollow lens, but they weren't making any patient decisions. And then a second team that was operating on the child using our current standard of care. Um, we intend to be using this tool in our um, first real inhuman clinical studies this summer and then going to the FDA by the fall. So where does the data come from to create the hologram? Is there, do you put some sort of a, a scanner or a sensor into the body to create this image? Yeah, so the tools that the doctor's putting inside have electrodes that sense voltage. And so because they can sense voltage, you can apply different voltages over the body, and that can be kind of a GPS for the catheter. So if you can know where they are with that GPS system, you can kind of feel out what the inside of the heart looks like and build a hologram around that data. In terms of the NIH grant, two things. I mean, first off, what does it mean to be recognized and awarded and for uh, this technology? Uh, is this a validation for it, I guess? And then number two, the $2.2 million, what does that allow you to do from here? So it, it, it's a really big validation for us. The, the best scientists in the world come together to look at these grants, and they look at all the best ideas that people have submitted, and then they choose the very top ones in their opinions to get funded. So to have a group of our peers look at those and say, yeah, we think this is a really good idea too, was really huge validation for us. And then what that's going to allow us to do is, is to build an engineering team that's going to test this prototype and bring it to clinical trials and really get it ready to send to the FDA so that we can start using this in, during real procedures. And how has St. Louis been and the support that you've gotten from organizations like BioGenerator and others uh, at Washington University, how has being in St. Louis been for this kind of a company? What would you say to a similar startup from a different part of the country who isn't too familiar with St. Louis? I think the St. Louis startup ecosystem is really incredible. Um, we've gotten great support through the university and the university, in fact, it was it was from within the university that we got encouraged to start the business. Um, the, the support through BioGenerator, through BioSTL, and through so many groups in that sort of, in this Cortex district have been instrumental, not just in sort of mentoring us through this process, but also in, in putting us in touch with other, um, other entrepreneurs, helping us introduce us to other engineers, helping us build out our team. And now uh, Sentier is, in fact, housed in the Cortex. We're currently housed in the CAC at CET down in 20 South Sarah. And so we are a part of the ecosystem. And, and I think that, you know, people tend to overlook St. Louis, and I think that that's a mistake. While historically St. Louis has been an amazing place for the development of drugs and all of the um, agriculture work that's been done, there is a huge med tech industry in St. Louis that's really on the rise, and we're proud to be a part of it. And last question, this story is going to air on Valentine's Day. Husband and wife duo working on this. We hear about uh, serendipitous collisions and working in Cortex, you know, and in close proximity to other innovators. But what has it been like collaborating on this from your perspective? It, it's been a lot of fun to work together. So we, we both work really hard. 
and we both really like what we do. And this is a project where we get to work really hard together on this project and really think about it together um, and do this as a team. And I think the other thing that's nice is that we've we've been able to sort of, you know, distantly work together on projects, not in such close proximity, but this project has really brought together multiple parts of the School of Medicine, the School of Engineering, and then tied us into the entrepreneurial scene. Um, And so it's really great to have two really strong schools within Washington University contributing um, and working towards sort of um, building this momentum that exists in the Cortex District. So... All right. Well, we really enjoyed that. Thank you both so much. Oh, our pleasure. Yeah, we appreciate you taking the time. And we'll have a wealth of local innovation conversation next Sunday right here on Nothing Impossible. You did it again, Michael. You did it again. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.